from NM to AZ, they are back, baby. Welcome to the Dipped in Butter program with Kat and Wes. Around episode 200, I might not give a fuck no more and all that shit. I turned the wheel to the right this time. <laughs> turned the key backwards and went to start it again. Click. Clearly, you're going to have to open your butthole up to a new doctor. This is not a section of the podcast where I tell a lie. Should have given all the beads, the burgers, the BJs, all the beads, the buttholes, all the. I took a master class in Northwestern United States just to come home and take a regular class from a nigga that don't know nothing about rigging, because I have to. Welcome to the Dipped in Butter program. Good morning, good evening, happy Tuesday, happy Thursday, uh, happy pod day, whatever that looks like for you. I hope you're happy, because I'm not. <laughs> uh, this is the number one mixtape podcast out there on the internet, the number one place where we need to sprinkle in more lies. My wife wants more lies. Your wife wants more lies. So we got to give y'all more lies. This can't be so true all the time, but I digress. What is true is the guy across from me that's about to talk is my guy. That is also your guy. His name is West with no T. That's Forever Young 89, wherever the socials are, until that's a lie and he changes it or deletes his account. But that's not that important. What is important is that's a motherfucking goddamn glue around here. That's the producer extraordinaire. That's our editor-in-chief. And we're going to be nice to him this week because he might need to do more editing this week. Who the oh, fuck Lord. knows, right? Not on this show, but, you know, maybe we'll talk about other gotcha. shows and other things. But, my guy, what's going on? Um, you know, regular, regular shit, honestly, um, you know, doing, doing the, doing the tough parenting today, you know what I'm saying? I'm in the final countdown. So if you're listening to this on a Friday, um, I'm probably higher than I've ever been in my life because that shit that I was talking about last week and the week prior is over. You know what I'm saying? It's over. We back in the game coach, you know what I'm saying? But not to digress too far in any of that with my guy across from me, who is, you know, one of the happiest people that I know right now. Um, that is Cat, a K with two T's on the end of that thing. You can catch my man over at catcrunch.com, where I shouldn't have said that. So you should really go to youtube.com slash Dipped and Butter program. Um, where old shit is old shit, new shit is new shit. So just make sure you stay up to date on the new shit. <laughs> Look, something might be new. Yeah, that's where you get the best version of the lies that we should tell more. Um, you can, um, again, where, you know, you can also catch my man, um, most more importantly, here each and every Tuesday or whichever day is pod day in your life, right here on the Dipped and Butter program, wherever podcasts are placed. Um, he is big money out in San Fran and Chicago. He's the master rigger from Portland, for sure. Um, he is Slim Jim right here on the podcast, GYM, if you know, you know. Um, my nigga and yours, though. Um, also, he's Tommy Hill figure today. You guys can't see him. I can, but maybe he'll drop a whole bunch of niggas. I don't on be lying, bro. Right? I don't be lying. Tommy is my shit, bro. I'm Tommy down today. Tommy down to the boxers and all of this shit my wife bought for me because she cares about me. She knows what I like. This jacket was for Christmas. I think I bought this hat, but she holds me down because she knows what I like and I appreciate that. But dog, I am so mad today. I'm just got to give it to y'all fresh and hot off the griddle because like I am storming into the house to come. (laughs) I had enough time to eat like three shredded chicken uh chicken wraps as i got in the house because i was fucking starving because i'm trying to get back on my diet shit Mm -hmm. and that requires a lot of planning as y'all know but like the the reason why i'm mad is because i have a lot of training going on at work where i have to go to another facility and it's all day training but the thing that's got me tight is 
nobody knew the specifics of the parameters of this training. Like we all knew we had to be there at eight o'clock, but we didn't know how long the training went till. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking it's like probably like half a day for maybe five hours. Dog, we sitting in this training. We took lunch. We come back from lunch. We still training. Now, normally, I'm home by 4 o'clock. I'm about to say, what time did you start sweating? Let me know what time. <laughs> I started sweating when he started. Because every hour, he lets everybody get up and move around and take a break and shit, go pee if they need to, whatever. And when he called another break at 3.30, that's when I really, I'm like, what do we need a break for? <laughs> we should be about done. We should be yeah, wrapping it up. Yeah, we should be wrapping it up. Just <laughs> go ahead and push through if we're going to end at 4. I was already mad if he was going to end at 4. But then... I guess in our last break, somebody finally asked, like, hey, what time is this over, dog? And he was like, well, you know, plan for 5 o'clock. But, you know, if we can get out of here before 5 o'clock, kind of be happy. And I'm like, wait a goddamn minute here. And that kind of brought me to, so I'm mad. I'm hot. I'm frustrated. I don't like coming home this late. I don't like having my shit fucked up. I'm already thinking about how the fuck I'm going to make it to the gym with this kind of schedule tomorrow. <laughs> Today I just took as a rest day, but tomorrow I have to figure out something for sure. But, yeah, but that shit's unacceptable tomorrow. Bro, this brought me to a topic that I've had on papers from like months and months back. And I don't, re remind me if I already brought this up once before, because sometimes I forget what I've talked about here and what I haven't but when you have jobs that let you go when they whenever they just want to let you go or situations that let you go whenever they like you need a hard cutoff time like how the fuck do you expect me to respect your time if you don't respect my time like you can say out of the same corners of your mouth be here at 8 a.m sharp but not tell me a sharp time one time when I'm leaving. Here. I mean, th this is true. It does not seem fair, but that's there's why, a like, lot of jobs in the world that like they why. want you there sharp at six a.m. But then they let you go around two thirty yeah. when the work is done. Like, no, I mean, bro, it cannot not work both ways. Very, very eerily similar to slavery, right? It's like, hey, you motherfuckers need to be out there before the sun come up, but don't come back to the main house if you don't got sixty pounds of motherfucking cotton. Like, what yeah, you what does that mean? I don't like that, bro. Like, that's one of my biggest pet peeves of being an adult is anytime I've run into a situation with any work I've ever had where it's not a hard out. Like, I need a hard out. I don't even like having to go to my manager and ask, is it cool if I punch out? I don't even like that yeah, because yeah, yeah. the social pressure that I put on myself is like, man, he looked like he in a bad mood right now. I'll probably wait five or seven more minutes and then ask him when really like dog, I'm supposed to punch out when I punch out. Like, why the fuck I got to ask this other nigga? Is it cool if I leave? Like, are I we mean, grown? Like, or are we not? I mean, I, we are grown for sure. But I guess like, and maybe you can answer this. Maybe you can't, but like, do your job not respect like, a structured schedule, I guess, right? Because like you say, on a normal day, you there when you get there, but you usually gone by the time that you leave. Like, and like, I do that for a reason, my nigga, because I got a life outside of work. I got shit like, to do. Now y'all might be embarking on my life outside of work, which clearly they did today. And it's like, <laughs> at what point should I stop caring about what y'all need me to do? Because clearly y'all are not caring about what I need to do. Like, and that's the whole like work life balance thing that people talk about all the time. Because, all right, like, one again to it's not really cool today that y'all did it, but I'm gonna let it be cool today that y'all did it. But like <laughs> but now tomorrow. you got me stressed about tomorrow already. Yeah, my nigga. I'm already <laughs> mad. Bro, swear to God, I'm already mad about tomorrow. <laughs> so like when I get there to, to learn tomorrow, I'm already be tight because I'm already thinking about like 
how long y'all trying to keep us this time? And then now I'm again, I've already said, like, I got to move my gym schedule around because mm-hmm. normally I would go while I'm at work because my bosses like that. I go to the gym because it helps me be better at my job. So I can't do that. And Lord knows I'm not trying to be in the in the gym at the five o'clock hour. That's like rush hour for the gym. Right. I don't want to be in there with fucking I mean, every stinking nigga getting off work. And that's what I was going to say. Like, look, luckily for you and lucky for them, you live in Los Alamos and not Los Angeles, my nigga, where it's going to take you an hour and a half to get home. Like, if that's already built into my shit on Monday... They could have, they could have, they could have thrown us off all the way off schedule today. They could have fucked but us. Bro, up. sometimes it feels like that though, because where I work, the laboratory is like a compound, and almost everybody gets off within the same hour time mm-hmm. frame. So if you don't avoid that hour, you will be lined up in a fucking caravan. Oh, I was about to say, of, so it'd be niggas running to their cars. What you telling me? literally running to their cars because if you get caught in that rush hour traffic, it could. It one time it's you've been to where I live from my apartment to the roundabout is a two minute drive. Mm-hmm. I got caught in the rush hour leaving work time once, and it took me twenty minutes to get two miles down the road. And now that's that sounds that's infuriating light to any, and that sounds unacceptable light to anybody else who might be listening to this, right? Because they live in real metropolitan areas, and it's like twenty minutes, dog. You tripping? But if like, y'all bro, really relax. understood the top of the mountain, y'all would understand twenty minutes from the roundabout. Because there's nowhere to be. Insane. There's not enough town to be but in twenty minutes of any traffic. Too. And they also fucked it up by putting that light so close to the goddamn roundabout right there, going. Going mm-hmm. up the way, and that's really that's what you're right there. That's yeah, a mistake. Yeah. yeah, it's all fucked up, bro. So it's just like I don't know what to do. I'm mad. I'm mad at um, I'm mad at the structural integrity of this country. I'm mad. <laughs> I'm mad at W2s right now. Bro. I'm mad at a lot of shit, bro. Like I'm just really, really mad. I've come. I come here to yell at things I don't understand this week. I understand, and for anybody who may have been following your um, science academy journey thus far, um, I've not. And kind of on topic, off topic, but. Does does your work wardrobe ever become distracting at some point in time? Because you'd be pretty fly going to work, my dog. Like, I do distract. About, we've no. talked about your hazmat suit and the way that you describe your job. It's like you wear a white coat, but I see you every Monday. And I've not seen you outside of when you were like first going to training. You were trying to look like, you know, Mr. Webster. And, you know, I, I think the jokes were too heavy that week. And then from there on out, my niggas just it's like, like oh, I'm being <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, that's a good question. I'm glad that you. So, first, I'm going to ask you some details of your question. Uh-huh. By distracting, you mean do I get distracted by my clothes, or no, do other no, no, people no, no, get no. distracted? I know you by don't get clothes. distracted by your clothes. Do the other people get distracted by your clothes? Sometimes, yes, because like even today, I was trying to get the fuck in my car and hurry up and get home so I can do this podcast. Right. And when I was at training, there was a dude I had never met before, and I see he noticed I had on some. I got on some Chicago twos today, and he noticed my mm-hmm. twos, and he was like. Oh, bro, those are Chicago tools. I'm like, yeah, you know, something light because they are something light. I wasn't really just even trying to like light stuff, like something light. But these are light. Like nobody likes tools for real. So like, I I'm can't like, even oh, picture what the tools look. You like don't even know what the tools right are. <laughs> do though, I think I do. Not the tools look like tuxedos on the side. Yeah, the the tools are so discreet. My boss noticed today. Was I noticed you ain't got no Nikes on the day. I said, nah, these just don't have checks on them. Yeah. <laughs> but he noticed, and he like I could tell he still wanted to talk to me some more about sneakers, mm-hmm. but I kept like dodging him and avoiding him because I was cranky bro like I noticed like you know when you catch somebody trying to lock eyes with you that you don't know and he kept mm-hmm. trying to lock eyes and he was serious <laughs> he wanted to make eye contact so bad and again I hate saying shit like this because it makes me sound and feel <laughs> like I just think I'm the shit no I just know social 
vibes and constructs yeah. Yeah. from being an overthinker and self-conscious. I know sure. these things. So he caught me leaving and getting in my car. Literally, my car door was still open. And he did like he did like the players club foot in the door on right. <laughs> He put his car. He put his body, bro. He put his body in the door closed radius. It was like, hey man, um, yeah, man, those are the Chicago twos. Yeah, man, I got this. This that he was telling me about his collection and what he got. He was like, man, did you get a chance to pick up those those gratitudes? Those are real nice. And again, not to sound like an asshole, but I was like, yeah, I got them. I threw them in the closet. You know, something I want. <laughs> so I wanted them. Not see, I hate saying shit like no, that because it comes off. I assholes. get it. You just answered the question. Like it's not your first pair of Jordans. That's <laughs> I wanted him to understand this is not my only pair. Like, yes, I got the gratitudes. I threw them in the back because I wanted him to know. Like, I got the Concords, which are kind of a play on the gratitude. Mm-hmm. Gratitudes are gold. And I was like, I got the OG ones. Those are the ones I wear. I'm holding on to the gratitudes. So they become a little bit older and mm-hmm. whatever. I do what I do again. But he was holding me up because he wanted to keep talking to me. He's like, man, I got the cherry lovers. Oh yeah, I got those too, bro. Yeah, man, those are nice. He like, I ain't even warm. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. I threw them on a couple times. My daughter ran through hers and got them all muddy. Mm-hmm. So now I can't really daddy daughter with her no more. We had a good laugh, and then now I'm kind of like finger I, tapping my desk. And now you're out the corner of your eye looking at the traffic build up. Like, God damn. I'm reaching with my left hand and trying to grab like the door <laughs> handle. But I, I kept trying to like giving the like, I'll see you tomorrow morning. Like, I'll talk to you know. more about Jordans if you want tomorrow morning. But right now, I just really want to get out of here. That's the code of shit when you answer a nigga's question and start the whip at the same time. Like, yeah. Bro, mamas, that's how I was feeling. And again, I, I I, am, I actually do want to talk to dude. Like, I don't mind kicking right. and talk about right. shoes, as y'all but might not learn today, soon. Nigga, I got shit to do. But today, I'm I got to get out of here, I'm bro. Scheduled. And it's just like, so like that and like pe- people and their mannerisms and their social tics and stuff like that, they, they make me curious, right? And something mm-hmm. happened today while I was in training I want to talk to you about that I wrote down um, that I find interesting. I wonder if you find interesting as well, like. The dude that conducts the class, he did obviously the thing that all corporations think is so sweet when they like stand up, say your first and last name and what department you're in. One thing of interest of you that you that you want to share with the group. So we and went like, around the class and he, did that for the whole first hour. It? I was about to say, how many people is in this fucking class, bro? What it's a good this? 30 to 40 people, bro. And it's just like no. we spent the whole first hour and a half doing this. Or even my boss turned to look like damn we doing this for a long time like how long are we going to be here today you know what I mean like if you got time to make introductions an hour and a half what is happening today (laughs) but we did that and shit so in the midst of all of this socializing everybody trying to get loose and get to know each other he was explaining something about himself and his family and he kind of went into his last name and this is what I found fascinating I've noticed this about a lot of white people maybe not all white people but there are particular white people that are like this where he said his last name and what his background was. And then he started giving us the lineage of his family. Like, oh, you know, my family were actually some of the ones that, uh, I don't know, I forget what he said exactly, but like maybe they colonized Eastern Europe or some shit like that. And the way he was saying it was a very prideful, like, oh, you know, my lineage of family were some of the first people to like nail wooden shoes to the bottoms of souls. And right. he was like carrying that as a pride and... <clears throat> To me, that's very weird. And maybe that's because I'm black and our history was stolen from us. I'm not saying you don't know nothing about your history. <laughs> I don't understand. You don't, you don't know that your people handmade gold jewelry back in the day? <laughs> not just white people, though. But, like, if these if the people in your history 
didn't live in your house or if they ain't a cousin that's a rapper, I don't understand taking points off bragging for something that your great, great, great grandfather did. Like if you can swell up in your chest and be like, oh yeah, my great, great, great granddaddy uh, invented the tractor. And it's like, but bitch, you don't even know how to drive a tractor. That part. And like, hang on to your story where you're at. Right. But a part of that as well is fam. It's like any other it's like any other story that gets told telephone style, right? You know some details get fucked up along the way. So you can't tell me that you 1,000% know that some nigga from the 1500s did some shit. This is just what your family has come up with over the last 500 years, and now you truly believe now you getting this people was the people. That's yeah. the same validity as somebody I know has told you you got Indian in your family at some exactly. point in your life. It's like, dog, tell me or shut up. Show me or shut up, bro. And it's just like, and even if you knew from Ancestry.com for sure that your great-grandfather created the wooden shoe, it's like, bitch, but what did you create? You created right. the long class that made me late to get to my podcast. Right. That's is all your, you created. But is your family still profiting off of the wooden shoes? Yeah, I, I feel like you only have one uh, degree of separation that you can brag about. Like, if it ain't like your cousin or your cousin's aunt or some shit, like anything outside of that radius, you right. can't brag on. That's just right. me, though. Nothing. Is that like us just having lost history that we don't understand? I think, but, pride but that's of our family like, name? again, would you would you rather be out here spewing some shit that has just been passed down for, and we just got to like, you just got to believe it because... Your mama told you, and your grandmama told your mama. And her mama told you. Somebody but lied. But somebody in your family's a liar. Yes, somebody you lied somewhere along liar. the way. So it, you, it's, it's a double edged sword. It's a fine line to walk, right? It's like, hey, mm-hmm. I don't know nothing about them niggas from 150 years ago. Like, I just know the niggas from the last 150 years versus telling these niggas these grandiose lies that I have zero way to prove. It's just what somebody told me my whole life. And that's just is what it is. Bro, do you remember when you first learned as like a youngin coming up that you shouldn't take all lies and tell other people? Because I remember the first time, I think I was like eight or nine, when my grandparents told us all together, we was all cousins spending the night and chilling and shit and told us that like we was related to Casey and JoJo. And I remember first time, I remember a light bulb going off in my head for the first time as a young kid going, I don't think that's something I should tell people. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I remember for the first time realizing like, realizing like I can't necessarily tell grandma and granddad stop lying, but I cannot go to school on Monday and tell well, people this. I, I do have a similar story, right? And I, and I think I've spoken about this on a podcast before, and it's not something that I spew out unless like necessary because like, I know this to be, I, I know it to, I don't even want to call it fact. I know the story to be true. And like the fact of the story is not really a fact, but just because it's been told that way for a long time. Now it's make, fact. But then you learn. So like Miss Parker from Friday, I've spoken about this. Her name is Kathleen Bradley. She is a member of my family, right? Mm-hmm. Not really though. She just, her and my auntie, we're best friends growing up, and it's one of those so kind of like ghetto family. situations. I got like, like family people that's yeah, family. She's there, yeah. But like to the like, she has you know she been in the hood in Youngstown on the South Side. Like her daughter and my cousins, you know, is close. Like whenever they pull up, they they all together. So like it's real. But like, is she like an actual part of my family? No. no. But like the story's been told long. And I'm like, like that. that's not something that I go around spewing. And then like most niggas in the community get like 
extra horny when they talk about Miss Parker. <laughs> that ain't exactly think, a bragging point. Yeah, I can't look at it that way. You know what I'm saying? So, as you was telling the story, I was thinking to myself what it would be like to be Miss Parker's actual cousin or niece you know or saying? nephew, and it's just like you live in infamy. You live in infamy as a bent over figure in our minds, sure. and it's just like. How like, braggable is it exactly? Then, Not like, that you only, did anything wrong. It's yeah, just like, yeah. that ain't really but something like, you want to hang up the, in the rap. The only extra saving grace outside of that is that she was the black model on The Price is Right. You know what I'm oh, saying? She like, was. I didn't know yeah. that. But that's See? what I'm saying. Like she, That's how she got the job. But like she was the black, the only black chick on Price is Right back in the day during the Bob Barker days. You know what I'm saying? Am I wrong for this? And now, I got to be real careful how I say mm-hmm. this because it might sound a little weird, but... In the movie Friday, when Miss Parker bends over to water dead plants in her front yard, right? Because we only found that out like 10 years after its release when we stopped watching a bootleg. Right. Like, damn, the plant's dead as hell. That's funny. <laughs> I mean, little sitting Friday is funny that you don't notice yeah, to be watching yeah. that HD. But like, I've seen Friday so many times that the way Miss Parker is bent over in that scene. I can draw the cellulite in her thighs. I've seen mm-hmm. that movie so many mm-hmm. times. Mm-hmm. And it ain't even like a sexual, like I don't even visualize it in a sexual way anymore because I've seen it so many times. Like right. I can draw the back of Miss Parker, but I if I saw her face in the mall this weekend, wouldn't know it was her. You probably would still, but like I don't know her face. <laughs> he said, I don't know I her swear face. To God, I don't. No silhouette. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't. So it's just a funny thing to me. But I don't understand white people in lineage. I don't understand a lot of things this week. Um, dog, this weekend, me and my lovely wife was out again. She got a whole seven days of celebrating her weekend from weekend to weekend. So mm-hmm. we was in Albuquerque this past weekend, which, as you know, takes a good hour and a half. I've talked about how I ain't driving it several times on here, but she had like plans with a sorority sister of hers where they was going to go do bingo and it was going to go to dinner and this, this, that. And I had made plans with shout out Kev and Tiff. They listened to the show. They had made arrangements to get my wife a custom made cake. So I was going to go get the cake, take her a cake so she could have a really nice cake for her birthday weekend and all of that. So we was like, well, shit, if we're going to be in Albuquerque anyway, me and Cameron might as well do some daddy daughter time together in Albuquerque while she's spending time with her sorority sister. Right. Mm hmm. Dog, only this ha- this kind of shit only happens to me, bro. So we took Donovan to the venue where the venue was bingo was gonna take place, right? She's dressed all nice, we're dressed all nice, it's family day out. She gets out the car, hugging bingo kids. hall, nigga, not a venue where bingo happens. Well, actually, it was a casino and they just happened to be having bingo, but, yeah, but in my mind, I saw hall. a bingo hall. It's yeah, all bingo but it was hall. it was a really fancy place. She didn't end up doing bingo, but that's not important to the story. Right. Like she gets out the car, hug and kiss. All right, let me know how it's going, babe, and we'll catch up with you later today. Me and Cam about to go get something to eat, right? Cam's in the back seat. She's trying to get out the car, and me and Donovan like, whoa, 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 ain't nobody tell you to move, you know, buck your fucking seatbelt on. We're doing a mom and dad. Ain't nobody told you to go nowhere. We switching seats. You know what I mean? And right. my daughter had like this real sad look on her face like, oh, and she was like pouting about like not being able to get out the car, and I'm like, I'm low-key kind of frustrated, like, bitch, sit your ass in the car. Like, we ain't really, like, we about to go get something to eat. We about to go have some fun. Like, why are you so antsy to follow mom into the casino? You don't even know what this building is. Like, right, right. chill, we going seven minutes up the road. We about to go get pizza. We mm-hmm. about to go to the mall. We about to do all the fun stuff. So chill. And she had this real sad look on her face. I'm like, pick that shit up. We ain't dealing with that. So I only need to say that twice to my daughter mm-hmm. before she, like, wipes that look off her face. And, mm-hmm. you know, we get it popping. So you know me. 
I don't do driving too much, especially not in like high traffic areas. It's high stress for me. So Albuquerque's driving situation is a lot of lanes. It's a lot of people switching lanes a lot with no turn signal. I do a lot of yelling in the car when I drive. I did not have fun driving through Albuquerque. I will say that. I do a lot of yelling. Nobody uses a turn signal. Nobody stays in their lane. I was happy when it got back to two lanes. Like once we got back to two lanes through Albuquerque, I was like, okay, we're good now. I drive the extra 20 minutes and just stay the streetway if I can help it in Albuquerque. And then there's a lot of swiveling and shit. I hate Albuquerque traffic. But I'm driving. I've got my eyebrows real tight and shit. And I'm looking through my windshield. I'm trying to get us to Donato's so we can eat, right? And I heard my daughter in the back seat do a loud, like, Simpsons audio burp in the back seat. Loud burp. I'm, I'm like, damn, you okay, babe? And she was like, quiet. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I, I said it again. I'm like, you okay? She's like, yeah. And I was like, that was a week. Okay, whatever. I get two more miles down the road and I hear another louder burp. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm like, you okay? Nothing. Oh my God. Babe, baby, are you okay? Nothing. I asked her again, Cameron, are you all right? She's like, I threw up. <laughs> It was either that or she was holding it in her mouth, nigga. She, bro. Now I'm doing 80 miles an hour in bad Albuquerque Kirky traffic on a Saturday when everybody's out running around, and I'm at least 13 minutes from the destination. Mm. And I'm just like, why? Now, <laughs> mind you, this was supposed to be family day, so she got on a floral dress, no flowy, way. all her newest jewelry, her hair done. She got throw up everywhere. And all I can think to myself is I'm alone. I hate messes. And I just pray that there's at least napkins in the glove box. Right. And like, ain't that, ain't that some shit? How like once your, once your kids is not babies no more and you have it, you stop having to have that bag with extra shit for them in it. That's when the dumb shit like that happens. Bro. Yeah, like, You stop carrying like, a diaper bag. Yeah, yeah. Like if you were five years younger, I would have had another outfit. For so you. prepared. No. <laughs> Well, and, and you know what's wild is like, as soon as we stopped, and I got, I'm telling her, I'm trying to keep her calm, like, baby, as soon as we stop, daddy gonna take care of you, okay? She's like, okay, daddy. I'm like, I'm gonna take care. Of you. She's like, and my baby's so sweet. Like, me and her relationship is like, we're so bonded and welded together as a pair. I cannot wait for Cam to grow up and listen to this fucking podcast. Bro, you know what she started doing after she realized I was gonna take care of her? She's like, I'm sorry, Dad. <laughs> Baby, you don't need to apologize. As soon as we stop, I got you, okay? Just give me eight minutes. I'm going to get us there. We're going to get you together, okay? The whole time I'm thinking to myself, I don't have a plan. Like, I don't know what's in this car. I'm not even in my car to know what's in my car. I'm driving Donovan's car. I don't know what's in this car, what's not in this car. Because I know how many napkins. I, to the T, how many right. napkins are in my glove box. There's 34 napkins in the glove box. I'm I know sure. I got 34 because whenever I get down to 28, I throw more napkins in there. <laughs> so I know how many I got. So I'm like, God, I don't even know if she got napkins. I keep at least a bottle of water in my car in case I'm choking mm-hmm. while I drive or if I need to clean something real quick, right? Double functioning. I don't know if she's got water. I don't know shit, bro. So I'll finally stop. We need to come up with a cat car pack. Bro, we need a cat (laughs) first aid kit, bro. So like, I stop, I open her seat to to assess the damage. There's throw up. Now, I expected to see a puddle of throw up in one place. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it came out like a sprinkler system 
But she had like splotches of throw up all over, like all over the, all over her, all over the chair, under her, behind her, underneath her. She had throw up everywhere. And I'm like, I don't even know where to start. So fortunately, Donovan had 20 sipped, 26 napkins in the glove nice, compartment. Nice. So she had napkins. So I grabbed the whole stack of napkins and I tell her, get out the car. And just stand there, don't move. And I popped the trunk. And I'm just like, I bro, I felt like bear grills in the wilderness no. trying to make fire. Like I didn't know where to start. I'm just I'm ripping Black blankets bear. in the back seat. Black parents and telling their kids to stay still is the funniest shit of all times. Like that's how, like that's sixty percent of your battle. Like as long as you don't move, I can handle everything else. Nineteen seventy eight, nineteen eighty eight, nineteen ninety eight, two thousand eight. Some kids somewhere still. has been told stay still, don't move 100%. in an emergency situation at all times. And it's like I told her stay still, don't just don't move, don't touch nothing, don't move. Let me figure this out. So I'm standing there with my hands on my hips, looking in the trunk of the car, and I see like a blanket a backpack, a shoestring. <laughs> like, I'm trying to figure out how I can solve this problem. And I, I swear to God, I really did feel like a survivalist because I'm like, okay, I need something wet. I need water, preferably, to try to, like, clean her off. I'm looking mm-hmm. around, like, if there was, like, a Rainbows or something, like, you know, a little shitty clothes store, I could just go buy her new clothes. I'm not ashamed. I'm definitely going to ask you if you pulled up the Marshalls or Ross, for sure. I would 100% just buy her new clothes. But then it's like, well, I got to take her throw-up-y ass into the store yeah. to buy her the new clothes. I can't just... Have her wait outside with somebody else. I can't leave her in the car while I go buy her new clothes. Now you went there, Tommy Hill figured down to the socks while your baby got <laughs> on her dress. <laughs> Swear to God, I thought about that. I was like, I got on my best shit today. And now I'm like scrounging to find my like my daughter some tattered rags. So I, I, I spotted she had this like sequence book bag in the trunk. I'm like, oh, that's her bag. And I'm like, man, it would be so dope if there was a change of clothes in this random ass bag of hers. I unzipped the bag and lo and behold, there was a shirt in there. I'm like, bet. I don't even give a fuck what this shirt is. She wearing a big, small. It could be a half shirt with a. If it stunk, she was wearing it. Bro, if it was a stinky shirt, she would have wore it. So I'm digging through this bag. I mean, literally, it must have been an emergency kit we had planned from another day because I had a shirt in there, underwear in there, socks in there, shorts in there. It must have been from summertime. She couldn't use the shorts. It was too cold, but her, mm-hmm. so I wiped her pants down. I had to like carefully lift the dress over her head, not to get throw up in her hair. Right, right, right. You know, I'm doing all of that shit. I'm pouring the bottle. I was a there was a like three fourths drunk bottle of water in the trunk. I'm dripping that over the napkins and wiping her face. Like it was a whole fucking emergency before we walked into Red Robins to eat the nados. But like I did have that moment when I was opening the door to walk in to get our table for two. Like. Look how I'm dressed and look how she's dressed. And I wonder how people are looking at us right now. Like, I look like I only get my daughter on the weekends. And, like, I pick her up and then I talk shit about her mom and then I take her shopping for real clothes. I look like every stereotypical black dad that's ever taken their kid shopping for real clothes because I refuse to send the good clothes home because Mm -hmm. their baby mama ain't shit. And I just, at some point, was hoping that nobody looked at us and thought that about my wife because my wife is shit. It was just an accident. Well, you handled it to the best of your ability, buddy. You know what I'm saying? You, you did what you were supposed to do with the resources that you had. So congratulations for making it through. It was a nightmare, bro. It was a very stressful. It was high-stress situation. But I think I've learned, and me and my wife have kicked this theory around a bit, and I think I finally like locked it in and need to pay attention to it. That I think my daughter gets car sick because it's such a long ride. It's an hour and a half. And it's a lot of twisty and turny and stuff like that. And I've noticed that she tends to get worse when she's playing on her little pad while we're driving long distances. Tunnel vision. If we, 
Yeah. I think it fucks with her, like, what do you call it? Yeah. Equilibrium or some yeah. shit. Vertigo or some shit I think yeah. she gets. So anytime we don't let her get her pad to play on when we go on the long drive, she just falls asleep in the back seat and then she's totally fine because she just wakes up and she basically teleported and doesn't even know that we drove her <laughs> hour and a half, right? So I need to, like, stop giving her the pad and letting her play on the pad in the back seat for that long a time in the car because I think it just fucks with her and it fucks her stomach up real bad or something. Yeah, Maybe like it's crack, crack a window or something, nigga. I don't know. Get like, some air on her face. Yeah, give her some coffee, nigga. Bow, shut up. <laughs> yeah, so we was doing all of that riding around together. Bro, at one point, we drove past. Bro, do you know what LARPing is? LARPing. I feel like I've heard this word, um, you, but I do not know off the top of my head. We passed by a LARPing field in real life while we was uh, out together. And what a LARPing is, is when a bunch of... uh enthusiasts, if you will, get together and they're all adults usually or young adults and they'll get together and dress up as like knights or um, fantasy uh, characters and they'll take like wooden and plastic swords. Yeah, and they'll go out and they'll like pretend to be knights and they'll like slay each other in a field and they'll like be in full character and they'll talk like a, in an accent. Like a war reenactment or something. Yeah, almost, yeah. But they're like, and if I stab you, you gotta lay there for the rest of the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> you can't move. And I passed by a LARPing fan. There was a good 20 to 25 LARPers out there in the field. And I almost stopped my car to just fold my arms and watch. But I didn't want them to think that I was judging them because like, my knee-jerk reaction when I saw the LARPing field was to talk shit. I ain't gonna lie. Like, look at y'all white niggas doing white shit. Like, get, get a job. Like, I wanted to have that reaction. But then, like, as I drove a little bit further and slowed my car down, I looked a little bit harder. Part of me admired their willingness to, like, be free enough to be in public in a field with a wooden sword stabbing each other at 32 years old. Now, I mean, they clearly ain't getting no pussy. But... No. <laughs> but to consciously be aware that I am trading getting pussy to stab people with a wooden wooden sword, it's a conscious decision. I think I don't, I don't think it's a trade off for them. Um, do you think I, that they're not? Think on, do you think that the guys out there know they're making that trade off? No, it's not even a you consideration of theirs. Hell see, no. In my like, mind, I thought they knew. And I was going to say it's a beautiful thing to see people who still have, like, to see grown people who still have that level of um, imagination left in Imagin- them. I don't have an imagination no more. But it also lets you know that those people have very little responsibilities in real life because, again, like, you're doing this literally for nothing. Like, this you're is for nothing. Paid, like, you're going to get stabbed in the first five minutes of the four hour fight, and you're just going to lay here for another three and a half hours. Like, listen to us tell, listen to us telling them they don't get paid to be at night when we sitting here doing a podcast for free. <laughs> it's like, it's all where you put your time, man. Like, yeah, it is, but I'm not doing it in the middle of a field on no, a Saturday afternoon. Like, no, we're not in the field. <laughs> and this get, like, I think this helps us get pussy more so than it, like, keeps us from getting it. You know, depends on what day of the week it is. Yeah, it depends on what we said on that Monday. Yeah. <laughs> depends on what day my wife listens. Bro, we had a couple podcasts I was listening to. My wife went in the car. I was like, oh, man, I'm definitely getting in trouble Bro. this week. <laughs> it's, a, it's so funny because, like, sometimes we cover certain topics that I can feel in real time as we're talking mm-hmm. about it. Like, this is going to be spicier when my wife hears it. Right. But, and then it's like... When I do listen back to it with her and I hear us coming up on the topic, I'll be like, oh, here we oh, go. Yep, here we and go. I'm almost never wrong. Again. I'm almost never wrong. Like, I, 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 sometimes I'll be feeling like today I'm going to feel I overreacted and I thought she was going to trip and she didn't trip. But I, I almost mean, like am never are wrong. You, 
Are you up to date? I guess that's a good question. I am with us, not with no other podcast, but I'm up to date with our podcast. I'm not. And by the way, y'all, I'm sorry. Wes is also sorry. I'm going to apologize for Wes. It was not Leonardo DiCaprio. It was Brad Pitt. And uh, oh, you know I mean. we you know that's, we said it like thirty times, and it drove my now. wife absolutely crazy. She kept screaming at the podcast. They told us to lie more, right? Yeah, we lied that's a lie. For a whole thirty minutes, and now we now you don't want the lies. <laughs> 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 but it's like it's easy to do, like get caught up in the fucking recording process. And like you said, you know what we meant. You got the point of what we yeah. I called I called the nigga from Waiting Eggs Hell, Nate. Like I, we yeah, say we, some wrong shit on here. Because, well, we, we, like, I think yeah. that just speaks to how much we be right, though. To where when we be wrong it stick out so far and like I, it's a testament to how like fire we can make this podcast on the weekly and still be wrong like yeah. again like we might have been calling a nigga the wrong name but you understood what we was talking about um i got a science question for you oh you know what you're are you okay you're picking at your hands a little bit you got i got a hands story for you okay uh, why are you looking picking at look at your hands real quick the back of your hands okay your fingernails do you take good care of your fingernails no are they, they're not dirty though, right? But you like, do you I, bite them or clip them or do. what do you do I'm, with your I'm nails? Try, I'm trying. I'm still. It's it's a constant battle trying to um trying to stop biting my nails. But I've recognized the source of why I bite my nails though. Um, really? Yeah. Are, yeah, are you an egregious biter? Like, do you bite them down to the nub so where you don't have shit and your fingers look trifling, or do you just like bite them in lieu mm, of clipping? No, I I used to. I think I've gotten better at it. My wife may have a different perspective. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let her tell it. I got yeah, a problem. I, yeah, I think I think because like I it used to be to the point where like I would bite bite my nails and then like particularly on my thumbs I would kind of like bite the skin. Oh, kind of, the, the, the skin yeah, on the side of the nail. Like, yeah, the extra kind of thick, but like all the way, like the top part, everything, like just how just kind of. <laughs> Bro, knowing that your digits is such a childish thing yeah, to so do. I, I try so like right. I got a good. I got a good nail on my thumb right now for sure. A couple, couple other ones that are probably like legit, but like well, uh, I've recognized that my nail biting comes from. It's whenever I think about money, like not even the really lack of money. very very I'm much tied to finances. Very much tied to finances. Wow. Like any time that I like, because I'm. I'm a I'm a planner in a sense, you know. Even what I'm if saying? you're not stressed, like, though, if you're thinking about yeah, me, yeah, in it's, any not, it's not. It's not always a stressful situation. Mm-hmm. It's not always a lack of or like, damn, I need to take care of this. <laughs> we born, nigga. Like, ah, yeah, like yeah, it's, what it's, I'm it's never, for dinner. It's literally never like that. But like again, like I might I might be thinking about again, like I already have in my brain right now what I kind of want to do when I get paid next. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like outside of like paying my bills and shit. So like if I get to th- I'm I'm it's literally me doing math most of the time. If I'm doing like okay. what the fuck? and it just happens naturally. And like by the time I'm in, I'm already in it, I'd be like, God damn, I didn't did it again. I didn't did it. <laughs> I didn't I used to be a, a real, real bad nail biter when I was in like middle school, most uh for the most part. And you know what? I think that was probably stress too, and stress, depression, and all kind of shit, right? Because mm-hmm. like middle school is really, really tough times for me. But like <laughs> I used to bite my nails down to the to the nubbies, like not so mm-hmm. bad that they would bleed, but I would bite them so much that I would get hangnails real, real bad. I used right. to have real bad issues with hangnails and then the hangnails split and then they go far, far up and then they bleed and then they crack and then they hurt and all yeah, that yeah, shit. I yeah, I ain't that egregious with mine. But I'm talking nails with you because I've had this on my mind for a very long time. Now, I'm really good with, if I have a wonder about something, I'm good with Googling it. 
Mm-hmm. But this is something I've always wondered, and I did not want to Google because I find more pleasure in wondering it and wanting to talk to you about it right now than right. Google. Because I know I could just Google the answer. But I want to see if this trips you out as much as it trips me out. All right, now look down at your nails again. Mm-hmm. You see the beds of your nails and then the, the nails that hang over that you bite or clip or whatever, right? We got mm-hmm. that part. That's nails mm-hmm. to every nigga around the world. Then you go mm-hmm. up and that's like the nail bed, right, that mm-hmm. you that the doctor looks at to make sure that you're healthy and ain't dying of cancer, right? And then you go up somewhere where the skin starts and that's where the hangnails be, right? Mm-hmm. Underneath that has got to be where the nail starts to grow and it comes down and pushes out, right? Uh, that's what you would think. Where the fuck does your nail grow at? Under, under your, under. Where does it materialize from, bro? Because you bend your finger and there's a knuckle there. Where the fuck does your nail start growing at? I mean, like, so this is another thing that fucks with me, right? Because nails, there's not enough space for a nail factory. But like, nails is like a keratin buildup, right? Which is almost like an extension of your bone. I guess is what I understand to be, you know, nails. And like, I don't understand that science at all. So like, that's where I really just stop you know, trying to, trying to get into the shit, but like even outside of that, like back into the nail biting shit, right? Like you have to understand how disgusting biting your nails is. I think, like, <laughs> bro, I, bro, your nails go so close to your butthole. <laughs> like not only your butthole, like just the, all you're, the things that the paper that with, keeps your nails from your ass. Like all the things that you do with your hands, like everything's <sighs> fucking disgusting. <sighs> everything's fucking nasty. And like, that, but that that's my thing and maybe it's like because I've bitten my nails for so long but like once my that'd be my issue because like I will get to a point where I'll stop biting my nails and I let them grow out and I'd be like proud of myself right what, did it? what I've but what I've noticed is like you say when that happens again that's what really lets you get the idea how dirty your fuck how dirty everything is because like that shit built you could do nothing fam for and then like four hours later look down at your nails you'd be like Jesus Damn, I'm this is yellow like, as hell. Yeah, what the fuck happened? There's dirt under there from just doing whatever random things, and like I get to like. Bro, I looked down at my nail last night, and it was blood. I was like, Jesus, what? See what I'm saying? Like I get to, I get to cleaning my nails a lot if I have nails, and then like at a certain point, and and it's not that they get too long, but like once they get to a certain length, I feel like my nails like they can't stand it. Like it's mm-hmm. like dog, like what are we doing? Like we're not even used to being here, fam. Like so then I'll get to like. I'll get to picking at my nails and then it just be weird. Cause like I'll pick at my nail and I'll like pick a nail off. You know what I'm saying? Kind of in a, just to keep them at certain length instead yeah, of biting I it. Do that. And then after I do that, I'll be like, fuck it. Let me ask I'm you this. Try, I've tried the fucking nail shit on my hands, dog. And like, the little I've, clear polish. Didn't yeah, I've, I've gone through that, nigga. Like, or, or again, like, you get to doing that. Sh- I didn't eat it, but you get to doing that shit. You be like, oh, that's nasty. I'm wash the shit off my fucking hands. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Defeated the room. Let me. Ask, which one is nastier, though? You think biting your nails or biting your toenails? Who the fuck bites their toenails? As an well, adult? you you not putting your toe up to your mouth, but like you pull your toenail off and then chew on the yeah, nail. Nah, that's disgusting. That's now, see, I, I figured you in the audience might say that, but to me. Your fingernails is less disgusting because my t- first, my toenails nowhere near my butthole, and it's covered by a sock most of the day. No, at least, at least I got a glove on my toenail. My your, fingers have been everywhere. Though. That's a common misconception as well because your feet sweat so much in a sock that you don't even consider. I'll, t- I'll take the feet sweat over like, bro. You know, my fingers go by my butt. I, but you know what? Ha- but you know what happens from like your feet being in a sock and sweating all day. That's how fungus grows. Like, yeah, that's fungus what I'm saying. Like and there's shit under your nails. So like, uh, I'm like I, I hate not that I hate my toenails, but like I like to stay on top of like 
the cutting of my toenails and particularly like I had to learn that when I had my delivery job and you out on your feet all day and you in and out of buildings and shit and like nigga I remember one of them times I cut my toenails and it was such relief nigga like I was like oh this is the problem like and my toenails are pushing <laughs> it's the end of my goddamn shoe like we need some some relief space up in that motherfucker so like nah I would I don't I never even as a kid I don't think I ever uh, toenails that's crazy bro you know what's trifling as fuck when you look down at your toes if you haven't taken care of your toenails if, when your toenail starts poking through your sock and like stretching yeah, right. like putting distress on your sock that's trifling as fuck bro yeah, nah, that's I, crazy. I don't think you should look down and see like your toenail area if your sock's stretching and be allowed to have sex like your girl should put you on sex punishment until you get yeah, your nah, sock toe like having this conversation is making me like disgusted with myself so from today on now I'm, I'm done like i gotta be done right here yeah, I, I gotta stop my money we're so we're here to solve problems are. this is therapy i gotta stop and my wife is gonna be like like what the fuck like you you got with me for years nigga I'm, and, and and you're right okay god damn it now what now you're right uh okay we need to solve some pop culture uh stuff you want to solve it right here or? sure okay we got some beefs and some things to solve and uh let's start you off let's get sports out the way okay so Carmelo Anthony has been in the news over the past week or so, right? From uh, New York basketball fan, my nigga. Y'all should have saw Wes's eyebrows. Like, we talking about Carmelo Anthony this week? Like, we are, we at the bottom of the topics barrel. I just found this interesting because Carmelo Anthony has a beef with the Denver Nuggets, right? Okay. Carmelo Anthony, I think, spent like five or six, seven seasons with the Denver Nuggets, and then he went on to play for the New York Knicks, and then he played for like – the Blazers and shit. Um, Melo got an issue. Keep your story, but I want to sure. put this right here because I feel like it's so relevant because that made me think about him on the Nuggets and he played with Allen Iverson. With Allen end of the road, I, I Iverson. That he had them one and a half Mellows, which I do still the like. The 1.5s. You like 1.5s? I did. I liked them. I had a pair of the 1.5s. It was okay. actually all right. But I saw a stat today and it made me think about you. It says LeBron James has played with 34% Percent of, of the league. Players. And I said, that is nuts. That's like, insane. Historically, like this, and they, I seen a video where it's like, this nigga definitely played, like he played against Reggie Miller, like, which sounds crazy. That's like, crazy. That's fucking nuts. He played against Allen Iverson. He put, you know what I'm saying? He played against all of these old ass niggas that you wouldn't even think he was there for, but he was mm-hmm. there. Yeah, he, he played against your son and you. Like, sure. That's crazy. <laughs> but like, so um, Melo's got an issue with the Denver Nuggets from when he used to play there. And his issue is, is he wore number 15 when he was with Denver. Mm-hmm. And if, for those that keep up with uh, basketball, Nikolai Jokic, they mm-hmm. call him the Joker, is now the MVP of the league. He's from another country, Russia, somewhere, Vug- <laughs> Yugoslavia or some shit. And he wears number 15. Mm-hmm. And his beef is... Why the fuck was the Denver Nuggets so quick to just give up my number? Like, I get maybe y'all wasn't going to retire my number or whatever, but it seems like y'all was just way too ready and willing to move on mm-hmm. from my 15 and just give it to the white boy. And he seems to be really, really tight about this whole, like, y'all gave my number up. Y'all didn't even, like, ask him if he wanted a different number at all. Y'all just – and not only that, but he feels like – his time spent with Denver is starting to be like even forgotten about. Like he's being tossed right. aside. Like they not asking him to come courtside for Denver's big games. Like Joker is the new 15. They don't even give a fuck about Melo in his braids era. And my question to you is, do you think that his beef with the Denver Nuggets is justified in any way? Um, I, I do think that he has a leg to stand on because what I hear, and, and maybe I hear about it more in 
football than I do in basketball. But it seems like in football, when this kind of thing happens, they almost make the player kind of go to that player or that player's family to kind of like ask them for okay the shit. Yeah, you if you want to go ask him. I'm pretty sure that's what happened to I want to say maybe that happened to Gronk when he first went to Tampa Bay or you know one of them teams like the the number well, that with he the Dallas wanted. Cowboys a lot of Dallas Cowboys wear 88 and they all right. almost have all to go ask here. Michael Irvin like always, go ask Irvin always got to go ask. and like that to, for me it's just a respectful thing to do and like when you don't when you kind of when you when you skip over that or when like apparently you know if you've done it multiple times whatever the case may be like it's definitely like a disrespect or a slap in the face but like it's also about relationship. You know what I'm saying? Because that's almost like telling the new nigga you can't sleep on the right side of the bed because my old nigga used to sleep over here. Go ask <laughs> Ooh, like, that's a wild ass. I mean, it is, right? But like, it's like, hey, dog, yeah, you slept on the side of the bed, but you ain't you ain't sleep on the side of the bed as good as this nigga sleeping on the side <laughs> of the bed, big dog. So it's now his side of the bed and you kind of just got to deal with that. Um, But I, I, I do think it's just, I, I understand, but like, should he make a big hippity hoobla about it? I don't think so. Like and like, what? What is Melo's team? Let's talk that, about that. That's that was going to be my argument, to be honest with you, because like, I get his frustration to a slight extent. However, one, you didn't bring no championship to Denver. No, Joker did. Two, you never won an MVP. Joker's won two, right? And not only that. As it stands right now, Joker is the man in Denver. I don't think when people think, just like you said, when people think Carmelo Anthony as a basketball player, I don't think the Denver Nuggets immediately come to mind. Like you might think New York Knicks first, or if you don't, maybe you do think Nuggets. You don't think of a certain Nuggets era. Like Patrick Ewing never won a championship with the Knicks. But you certainly think the Knicks when you think Patrick Ewing, even though Patrick Ewing played for the Orlando Magic. Niggas don't remember that. And again, like, I guess I'm trying to remember, but like, Melo got drafted to Denver. Yes. Same year as LeBron. Did Joker get drafted there or was he somewhere else first? No, he went straight to Denver. So, yeah, like, it's the same kind of lineage. Yeah, you can't even say, like, Joker is a transplant or nothing. Like, he was drafted like, I, there like again, like, I guess that conversation should have been had in Joker's first year. You know what I'm saying? If you want this number, be- again, like, because you can't. What you finna you do here. Yeah, like, you can't you can't diminish what Melo was to Denver. You know what I'm saying? Like, You know what I, I thought I think plays a part in it, too? When, when Melo was done in Denver, he forced his way out. It wasn't like a oh we done here we did I mean, the best that's we could. It's, Dap it's, and about, hug. It's, it's also about relationship. He left on, yeah, know? like you said, like, he left on bad terms too. Yeah, but like even even a, it's and it's one of those things, right? Really, in any sport, like it, it, the the nigga was so good that there's only been one nigga who was allowed to wear the number twenty three after Michael Jordan, and nobody really like made a big hoopla about it. Anybody else, particularly Chicago, but across the league, like, if you got on 23, you better be that nigga. We know what 23 means. 23 is number one. Yeah, and then the second coming of Jesus came, and we like, no, we'll let that nigga. (laughs) (laughs) Bro, that's a good point that I've never really thought about. Like, how many niggas wore the number 23 between Michael's retirement and LeBron's first game? But that's what I'm saying. Like, it's even transitioned over to football now, nigga, where if you wear 23 in football, niggas is looking at you. Christian like, McCaffrey is sure? the only nigga who can wear 23, and nobody's really arguing with him about yeah. the shit. Are like, you sure you nah, you're you really sweet like that. But what's wild is, like, you can get away with wearing number one, and niggas won't look at you as crazy as mm-hmm. if you wear 23. That's a wild statement, yeah, bro. Crazy. Like, go ahead and grab that number one, but are you sure you want that 23? Like, that's wild. Three makes a statement. Twenty-three make a, a statement. That, that mean that mean you think you that nigga and you got to deliver. Because again, if I'm a coach, I might 
I might let a nigga pick 23. But if you ain't giving off that 23 energy, fam, you guess who's going to have a new number for the rest of the season? Like, bro, what's this 21 hanging up in my shit? Like, yeah, it's <laughs> Deion yeah, Sanders is your guy, right? For sure. For sure. Okay. Um, when the last time you had a, I know we feel, I feel like we talked about this like maybe last year or so, but I got new takes on this. When the last time you had like honest to God beef with a nigga, can you remember? Like, not like you had to scrap him in the streets because we're a little old for that, but like you really had, you took issue with a nigga and you really felt like you either needed to sort it out or you was done talking with the nigga. I can't think of nothing right off the top of my head because I'm right. I'm really just a like fuck them Let type it go. of nigga. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it is what it is. Like I don't I don't never got to cross paths with you if I felt like that. The last time I yeah I can't I can't remember that. Maybe it'll come to me. Let me see what you think about this, man. So um, I don't know if you know this or the audience knows this, but Chris Brown of all time great R and B star fame. <laughs> we don't really need to tell niggas where Chris Brown from, because that's CBZ. <laughs> but Chris Brown and Quavo from the Migos got beef. I, I don't know if I had this in the forefront of my mind, but when I read it, I was like, oh yeah, that's where they do got beef. Did you know they had beef? I think it was like I over did. Saweetie or some shit. Put may, maybe and like I don't I don't want to, you know, dig too deep into the story already, but like Hancho don't want no smoke with Breezy. Ooh, listen to the early takes. I am. So uh, apparently these two guys don't really necessarily get along. Their eyebrows get tight when they see each other's tweets because they don't really be in each other's vicinity for whatever reason. But they both was at uh, Rude's Fall Winter Fashion Show Mm -hmm. uh, or Showcase. And apparently somebody like didn't know they had beef or something and set them to literally when I say set next to each other, I ain't even talking about movie theater seats where there's armrests between these two niggas. They was knee to knee. Like, bro, they were sitting so close. Their knees was touching. And it's funny because like, if you look on the internet, there's like little short clips of these niggas sitting by each other and they're like squirming, trying not to touch thighs because they hate each other, but they're sitting close to each other. And I guess some people have been making little tweets like, oh, look at these grown niggas putting the beef aside. But really, they don't want nobody to think that the beef is aside because they keep tweeting back like, nah, fuck that. I still don't fuck with this nigga. But you was just sitting with him the whole fashion show. And as a Chris Brown fan, let me say, he sounded so stupid in his reply saying, fuck all that, bro. I ain't trying to ruin the bag for this little nigga. So I'm just going to sit where I need to sit. And niggas don't get to pick seats. But what bag are you ruining by sitting next to the rude, like sitting front row at a fashion yeah. show, dog? Like, I mean, is this who? where we are in the culture where you want everybody to know that you don't like this nigga, but you can't stop looking at the newest fashion long enough to storm off like you're supposed to? I mean, I don't, this is, this is, this is a hairy situation, right? Cause like, I, I of course, I didn't know that they had any beef and like, if you sit me next to a nigga that I that maybe we don't see eye to eye, whatever the case may be, um, I, for I don't I don't know if I'm taking the seat one. Um, if you like, if you walk up and you see your enemy sitting right next to your assigned seat, you just going what? If I but that's what I'm saying. Like if I get a glimpse of this beforehand before it gets to the awkward part, I'm pro- I might I might decline the seat. You know what I'm saying? I can't say for sure. But then if it's one of those, like I walk up and I'm I'm almost forced to sit next to the nigga, um, I, I think we I think we gotta have elbow to elbow talk, fam. Like now there's no better place to do it. I Are think you gonna talk really, to him now at this point? Like now man, I guess we gotta talk. We gotta talk. Because what what is and like not for 
we got to talk because we got to figure out what this is going to be, my nigga. Right. <laughs> I can't be worried about week, you hitting me all night. next to each other shit ain't never going to happen again unless we get a great understanding while we sitting right here next to each other, fam. And, like, if this if this was a section on section in the club, nigga, we'd probably be throwing bottles. So, like, I, but while we going to sit here and keep it cordial, let's let's just have a real mouth-covered conversation so we can figure out where the energy is. Bro, I like that. I like that because I, yeah. I don't see any reason why them niggas couldn't cover their mouths and be like, bro, fuck us up with you bro like that, I that the whole bro, time you absolutely can start with a fuckers bro, with you i would have been like hey fam you know this is fucked up we sit next to each other but like what, what do we do we have a problem my nigga bro like, we might have fucked around and became best friends because the the situation this, is so goofy there's no way we can't look at each other and like bust out a laugh like bro no, this is dumb and to me that's the best time to get a temp check you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, let's let's really figure out what this is about. Our like, knees are touching, bro. Same same thing. I mean, that was a little more intense, I guess, because this nigga's still in love with Rihanna. But it's the same thing with Chris Brown and Drake. Like, yeah. at, at this point, they seem to be cordial enough to yeah, be able to now. coexist. You know what I'm saying? They, I think they're good enough. You yeah, know, ain't good, now. good, but they still yeah. good. You know what I'm saying? Um, but like again, like we need to be in close of enough vicinity to like, all right, what's the problem? Is it really a problem? And do we want this to be a problem moving forward? Because if the if the if the answer to the third question is no, then we could probably chuckle and take a couple shots and get and get over it. Like again, a problem is a problem when it's a problem, but when it ain't a problem no more, it don't need to be no problem. So like, I don't I don't even want to have to think about maybe I gotta punch you in. And again, this is I feel like this is shit you could say next to the nigga at the Rude Fashion Show. Like, hey, dog, like. In any other scenario, I'd probably just be ready to elbow. I'd have just like, teed off on you. Yeah, if we're gonna if we're gonna keep it cool here, like let's keep it cool. And Since like, puffy coats are in the vicinity, yeah, we really can't people, talk. Like Chris Brown strikes me as a nigga who would like offer the runway to Hancho, but Hancho strikes me as a nigga who'd be like, "Man, fuck all of that," and like not respond appropriately. And then that's where we yeah. gotta like continue to be forever. Well, Quavo do got a history of being like petty, even to fucking when him and Offset was yeah. having their issues. Yeah, like it was always Quavo we was reading about that was like yeah. not. Extending the hand to squash mm-hmm. the shit. So Quavo, I mean, fucking even Gucci would tell you, like, bro, them little niggas, when they get mad, they stay mad. Right. <laughs> like, them niggas right. is mad at me. Like, who gets mad at Gucci, bro? Like, Gucci, nobody's right. mad at Gucci, but <laughs> them niggas, he like, they don't fuck with me, dog. So it's very weird. I, you know what? This might be one of the few places in our relationship and particularly our podcast and where I think that this is a big difference between me and you mm-hmm. just because of the way you carry yourself, right? Because I was going to ask you if you've had this situation, but I don't think you have. But I'll tell you that I probably have people in my life that I can never be cool with that I probably, like, I honestly deep down wish we could be cool, but I just know that we can't be. You okay. know what I'm saying? Like, there's certain niggas that you've had the type of running run-ins in life with that it's like, bro, me and you can't never be cool because the type of run-ins we've had are so whack that I can't fuck with you, know. you. But if not for those circumstances, maybe we could have been cool, but you just chose too many left turns for us to ever be cool. Like I know niggas is like, I really wish these niggas knew that we could have been cool, but you just chose otherwise too many and, times. And you know what? Of course that's see, that's why I said I couldn't think about it in the moment, but it, of course doing all this talking, it made me think about a situation that I actually just thought about last week. I think from some bullshit as Facebook memories, it like brought up some pictures of when I was in high school and there was a nigga in one of the photos who like, for whatever reason, like me and this nigga did not see eye to eye, and I don't even remember what the fuck the shit was about, dog. But like in high school, you know, during lunch and all, like niggas used to hoop, and like he was a hooper, and like 
again, you already know, niggas, hey, we on the same team, nigga, all right, get your ass down in the post, bitch ass nigga, I'll throw you the ball, like, that shit is cool, you know what I'm saying, but outside of the court, bro, we did not don't see Don't talk crazy eye. like this. And again, I don't remember what it was, but I remember one day, like, man, this nigga getting on the phone, and like, I think he thought he, like, hold me, but it wasn't that type of situation, because he called me, like, do we have a problem? I'm like, nigga, I ain't never had no problem with you, you the one with the problem. He was just like, oh, right, like I told that nigga, you see how I checked him? Like, bro, yeah, what? Like, yo, nigga, I ain't never had no problem, like, you the one with the problem, and he was all right, and like, he hung up, and like, niggas just never exchange words anymore from there but like when i seen the picture of him that shit i think i might even send it over to my nigga like look at hasin bitch ass like I don't, <laughs> like fuck like and again like if i seen this nigga today like i'm gonna be inclined to like chuckle first when i see him and like that that might be the the striker that lights the match back up but like i mean it if i see you today my nigga because not and again it wasn't it wasn't nothing back then or at least it wasn't nothing that i can remember mm-hmm. but like if i see you today i'm gonna chuckle and if you like try to come to me with the dap like i'm I probably i'm probably gonna stun on you do you are you of the belief though that some personalities just absolutely don't mesh with other yeah, personalities and it's nothing that you could even do to make y'all get along because y'all are just built too different for that shit yeah, and when nah, i say built different usually when niggas say shit like that i'll say oh i'm way more g than you but that ain't even what i mean by that i mean like Y'all's core values and who y'all are as people defer way too much for y'all to ever yeah, be able to be aligned. Because you want to know what? It's, it it kind of goes back to the story that I told, you know, maybe a month or so ago on the podcast about, you know, growing up and being light-skinned with the green eyes and then you don't become somebody's cup of tea. And do you mm-hmm. just want to depend on being light-skinned and green eyes and get what you get or do you want to level up your game? This right. nigga's whole claim to fame is that he was 6'5 and light-skinned, dog. And I seen it all Wait, on dog. you and I don't fuck with who that. Who else dog. are you other than that, though? Like, who, who are you outside are you, of being tall and light-skinned? Yeah, you're not, you don't say nothing sweet. Like, you don't got no fire bitches, dog. Like, so what are we actually talking about? One day, bro, I'm going to really stop caring about, like, what people think of me. And yeah. by one day, I mean, like, when I'm dead, because I will always care what people and think like, about me. And he was the problem. He had he had issues with mad niggas. Like, I'll never forget my nigga Nick. Nick was all of, like, 5'7 in high school. And this nigga 6'5. Nick jumped up and swung and and punched the fuck out of that nigga one morning. Like, you can't get jump punched by people, bro. Nah, like, he got jump punched, dog. And, like, got brought down. That that was the thing. Like, so, nigga, you should probably never, ever say nothing He got to folded me from up high? Got folded. From up high. That's some yeah. bullshit, bro. I man, I'm glad that I'm like past fighting days. Like I'll fight today if I have to fight today, but like fighting for sport is over with. You know what I'm saying? Like if you ever see cat on the side of the road taking his jacket off, like it's a life or death situation. Like I'm protecting my family or some shit. You know right. what I mean? Like I'm not fighting for sport no more. But like I do feel very fortunate that I got away with a clean record. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've never been, like, sat down by a nigga in a confrontation because I don't know if my pride can handle it. Like, I don't know if my pride could handle I don't know if I would be as funny as I am today if I've ever had to be just sat down by a nigga. And I ain't even gonna cap with you, bro. I haven't had a fight since elementary school, fam. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I haven't. But, like, uh, you know, that's about how I carry myself. And, again, I know how to remove my... Mm -hmm. I just know how to circumvent a lot of shit. Not on, like, no hoe shit, but, like... Like, I just know how to stay out of harm's way if that's the best way to put it. You know what I'm saying? But, like, I'm never going back down. And, like, you already, you already hear me on this podcast all the time. I'm ready for some smoke. Like, I ain't, I ain't never ducking no smoke. But, like, I don't – I never want to be the initiator or the aggressor. That's not, that's not my shit. And some niggas walk around like that. And that's cool if you want to be that way. But just know, like, I, I got return for you. Yeah, now nah, you you have to be ready for return. Like, and even though niggas ain't looking for no fights or shit like that, like we too old for that shit. But you do got to stay in a constant state of prepared and readiness because, like you say all the time, your safety and security. Like you can't provide proper security if you ain't ready Hell to throw nah. it. Head on a swivel, baby. Yeah, cause, yeah. Sometimes you can't get to the piece fast enough. You got to throw That's a couple right. pieces on your That's way to the piece. Right on your way there. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> get out of there, bro. Uh, 
Speaking of throwing shit, bro, you want to talk to us about uh, Rhoda Brickface uh, Osmond? You sent me a text about Brickface uh, got her charges filed on her. You want to I tell mean, the people you know, about black black culture? I mean, if, uh, you speak out as black culture, culture, bro. Is she ours or no? Um, I, I maybe I don't know. I don't I don't know her nationality, and I guess that don't matter. She looked like us, so the white people gonna give her to us anyways. Yeah. Um, but I, it's I shared it with you just as a. God damn, we be right. Yeah, or at least, God damn, you be right. You know be what I'm right. saying? We'd like, right. And I think we uncovered that in real time. For the people who might not be up to date as what we're talking about, uh, she is now internet-wide known as the Brick Lady. Um, <laughs> the lady who lied and said some some dude wanted her number, she wouldn't give it, so he hit her in the face with a brick. Who wanted a um, number that bad to smack it? Like, right. I'm like, it just smelled of Jason. And then, Jason John, and then Joan reminded me that she was like the fuel to the black men don't protect black women kind of argument that was going around at that point in time. So she definitely deserves to be like highlighted for her um for her egregiousness in this entire situation. Like her disservice that I seen the the police that you know were involved in investigating the shit. Like there's actual like footage of what actually happened. And like according to them, she got hit with a water bottle. Now I don't know if this is like a plastic bottle of Dasani or if a nigga was carrying around his motherfucking fifty gal, you know, his fifty ounce water bottle and he banged a bitch upside the head. But according to them, like she kind of hit dude first, which is another conversation. Um, I don't think we can cover here because what are what are the limits? Um I, but we have kind of covered that shit here before because we we you brought up the you know the incident if I'm standing in line behind the bitch at McDonald's and she's just going off on everybody and she turned around and she hit me like you might get one. You might get one, you know, particularly if I don't see it coming, but you damn sure not going to get two. Um, and again, like where, where I don't even want to ask the question. We'll get to that another day, but again, where, where do you, where is a nigga allowed to defend himself against a woman? And now, you know, we'll, we'll lay that out for, for whatever it needs to be laid well, out. You, for. I'll say this. I'll say this. And now I, I think I've wavered over my lifetime of whether you should put your hands on a woman or not, because I think if you would have asked me at 19, I'd have been like, no, you never put your hands on a woman. But at 41 years old with a 21 year old son and an eight year old daughter, I'll tell you this. I would tell my son, Hey, if a chick put her hands on you, certainly if you feel like she's wronging you, you need to do whatever you need to do to protect and defend yourself. So if that means you need to grab her by the shoulders real hard, grab her by right. the shoulders real hard. If she's really getting at you and you need to punch her, I mean, maybe shoot her in the foot. I mean, for, I mean, when you go outside, WBC rules are always in effect. Protect yourself at all times. Yeah. Like, so I, I, y'all thought I was playing when I said that shit in the Tory Lanez years. Like I'd rather shoot a bitch in the foot than a hitter because. I could stop myself from hitting a bitch, but if I shot her, that to me says I was really in danger and there were no other options. I feel like there's always other options than swinging fists, but I say that to say my daughter, what I will absolutely be teaching her is you don't put your hands on no man because you can't whoop no nigga. Now, maybe she can, but I'm not going to ever pump her head with the idea that she can whoop no nigga because she's at a disadvantage from go. Right. right now, if somebody is doing something wrong to her, that's obviously not what I'm saying. When I say you don't put your hands on no nigga, I don't. What I mean by that is like if your boyfriend in sixth grade break your heart, that don't mean you get to slap his face. Yeah, you no. don't get to resort to violence. That's the yeah, thing. Like, you, you don't get to, get to kick it off. With violence, you don't get to resort to violence as like I'm at my wits fucking end. Bow. Like no, yeah. no, 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 no. You don't get to do that. 
it was crazy because me and my wife was watching uh, Netflix, The Ultimatum. This is an ad site. This ain't no ad. We was, uh, we was watching The Ultimatum, and in one of the first episodes, uh, have you ever seen The Ultimatum? I'm saying, I just threw that out there I like have. everybody knew what the fuck I was talking about. But the chick was getting jealous because as per the rules of the show, you're supposed to bring your spouse on there because you ain't ready to get married and your spouse is. And then y'all supposed to date around. And then maybe the spouse that wasn't ready to get married realizes what they losing on oh, and yeah, come back to you or not. You reminded me of the premise of that nut ass show. Yeah. Boy, that shit was crazy. But the chick was getting mad. The chick was getting mad because... Uh, she wanted to be married. Her dude didn't want to be married. They both agreed to come on the show, so they knew what it was. And the, her dude was off talking to chicks, as they were supposed to be doing, because she was off right. talking to dudes. And she started getting jealous and couldn't handle her jealousy. And like face punch mushed all three in one. Face punch mushed her dude in the parking lot. And what made me infuriated was that the producers, you know, when the producers start coming from behind the camera to breaking them up and shit, right. and you start seeing the boom mic and all of that shit start taking place. Two of the producers started going away with the woman and escorting her to her car and making sure she was all right. While the mm. dude stood there by himself, embarrassed as fuck, with the cameras in his face. And I'm like, now, had the dude put his hands on her, nigga, they would have tackled him to the ground. Police would have been called. He'd have been kicked off the show. It would have been up to him whether he continued on with the show or not. They would have removed that nigga so fast like it was real world or road rules from MTV days, bro. And I just was so mad seeing that shit. And it's just like, she hit him and they checked on her. Oh my God, what would make you so upset to hit him? I can't, what did he say? And it's just like, get the fuck out of She put her hands on that nigga. And it, bro, that kind of shit infuriates me, dog. I mean, but it's, that reminds me of, this was, who hell, a few months ago, but when like, Tink and Hitmaker was dating and got into it, and supposedly some shit like that basically happened where it was it was a verbal sparring match, and then like she just got so upset that she resorted to violence and she smacked this nigga. But then like the very first thing that you do is run a social media and say I'm wrong for hitting him, but this is why. But here's why. Like why does that even fucking matter? Don't matter. Yeah, it don't matter. But women are allowed to justify, and again, it's it's kind of that same pool. What you said, I'm gonna tell camera like, yo, you're not even equipped to even like. You know what I'm saying? Put put your dukes up with this nigga so you should not. But like, bitches, it, it's like they don't understand that shit. So it's like, now nah, I'm going to get mines off on you before you even get a chance to get in your stance. That way I can get mines off. And then I can look at you like, you ain't supposed to hit with me. Because I might come over here and help. That's one of the other things that aggravates me. Like, anytime you hear these stories of like, a woman was assaulted or harassed in a parking lot. And then, like, have you ever seen these, like, say a woman in a parking lot was harassed for her phone number by a man and she felt uncomfortable and then the man went away. And then her first reaction is to turn and look over her shoulder and say, thanks for helping y'all, Starbucks baristas. Where was my help? Why I mean, do some women think that every bystander is supposed to be their personal savior? And we've had this conversation before. I'm you going know home, dog. Yeah, where where did we draw? And even my 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 long time ago example, like y'all are walking out of Bob Evans and a bitch is beating the fuck out of her nigga. Like your response was, I'm getting in the car. Dog. I'm getting in like, the car. Not, that don't got nothing to do with me. But if you're talking about Bob Evans and a nigga's beating the shit out of a chick, you are gonna look at your lady and be like, should we do something? What do Man, you, what you, know, do you think? And, and the way that the internet operates race today, nigga, they gonna zoom in on your license plate. <laughs> they gonna find where you work. Here's the light skinned nigga from the podcast that got in this car. 
<laughs> but Dipton Butter stickers gonna be everywhere yeah, with everywhere. the Ghostbusters sign through them. They're gonna be canceling the fuck out of us, nigga. Let me get in the car and walk right past a dude beating the shit out of his girl in the parking lot. But like, what if he starts beating me? Like, what if I can't whoop this nigga, bro? And bro, I seen I seen a picture like that the other day. It was a white dude who was leaking from his nose. He had tissue. He had wiped his, his face up, and that's what the caption said. He said, "I jumped in to help a girl who was getting her ass beat by her dude. He beat my ass, and she still <laughs> left with him." He was like, "And again, like that. That's literally the trade off, fam. Because again, if you fuck it, let's take." a woman out of it if it's two niggas and you go to try and break two niggas up and now the aggressor of the fight beats your ass it's the same exact Bro, situation in, in a situation where two niggas is fighting sometimes you don't even get close en- you can't get your hands close enough to put both your palms on their chest to break it up because mm. if one of them niggas don't know you and they see you approaching the action they might think you with him and just yeah. tee off bro cause I gotta yeah. hit you I can't be surprised by you jumping no. hell no I don't get too close to nobody fighting, bro. Like, you don't know what the fuck could pop off. And how I'm supposed to explain to Cameron while I'm laid up in the hospital with an IV that I was trying to be a hero. And, like, it sounds like some hoe shit, right? But if two people are fighting, your only responsibility if you want to, like, intervene is to be like, hey, yo, hey, (laughs) hey, y'all stop. Hey, like, y'all need to be shit. doing this. Hey, quit doing, hey, you gotta hit. Hey, the police coming. Hey, y'all gonna go to jail. <laughs> the like, police like, coming is the best help you can throw out to there. Say the shit that's gonna like make the bell go off in somebody's head to stop doing what they doing. Like, yeah, nah, y'all, nah, yeah, nah, yeah, y'all. Hey, nah, nah, hey, y'all gotta stop, man. This ain't the place. Take that shit home. <laughs> <laughs> Take that shit home, bro. I'm not jumping in the middle of that shit. And not for nothing. I'm trying to think, like. I hate to throw examples out there, but it's only funnier if I use real names. Like, if I'm over for game night and Dan and Lindsay start fighting, like, I'm just going to go to the car. Shout out to Taylor Dan, bro. Like, if I'm over to Taylor Dan's crib and we really, like, all the way kicking it, he cracking open some hard seltzers, we playing board games, and if Lindsay come home mad, just flip over the Monopoly table and start socking Dan over the top of the head. I'm like, man, damn, yeah. y'all. I'm going to grab already, my keys. Like, damn, y'all. Saying, you already know uh, the wrong, awkward conversation could start over spades. Like, and all you and your wife want to do is make y'all's board. And now these two niggas is across the motherfucking <laughs> table. T- they they table talking, but they ain't talking about spades. And it's getting a little spicy. And all I just want to do is throw my cards. So all you got to do is put your head down and keep throwing cards. And like, at a certain point in time, again, your only obligation is to be like, hey, hey, y'all. <laughs> Bro. Hey, can you? And, and you know how you know we not fucked up and this goes deeply rooted within our culture. Go back to the scene of what's love got to do with it when Ike smashes the cake in Tina's face. What Everybody the fuck did Ike's homeboy do? He said, damn, y'all. God damn, bro. It's cake he, all over the place. Even Frost was with the Frost was like, anime, just eat the cake. Yeah, please. the best thing like, niggas could do was like clean up a little bit and just tell them that's enough, that's enough. Like, bro, that's their business. That's and again, like he did, he did that, and 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 again, like well, Lorraine said something when they was leaving out of the joint. I'm pretty sure, but like it was mad people in the diner when that happened. And what did the rest of them people in the diner do? Ate they pie, ate they no. pie, and drunk they coffee. Yeah, yeah, some shit gonna be your business. Because bro. you mean to tell me you want me to stand up to all aggressive ass Ike? He know you, and he being that aggressive, <laughs> he don't know me. Like, so what the fuck you gonna do to me? <laughs> And Ike looked like he could fight too. And I ain't even talking about Lawrence Fishburne. I'm no, talking about real Ike. Ike. Yeah, nah, real Ike look like Sometimes I see pictures of him and I yeah. get scared because he's a dark skinned nigga, yeah, bro. Nah, like, and he got like, like yellow he kept, eyes. He like, like, turned he kept a straight scared. razor in his motherfucking shirt pocket. 
For sure, for sure. Um, okay, what's the last thing? Oh, you know what? I want to talk about this. I don't know how to segue to it, so I'm just gonna fucking say it. Me and Donovan was listening to the podcast and we was talking BBLs and I was getting in trouble again for bringing up too many BBLs and shit. So I tried to be careful about how I introduced the topic. I wasn't careful enough, so I still got a little bit of spice. Ooh, but she here. was uh she was talking about BBLs a little bit, and I could tell she was serious about this because she paused what we were saying to say what she was saying. <laughs> I've been getting in trouble for y'all. Y'all better download these episodes. Um <laughs> But she brought up, like, there's the. Have you seen on the internet where there's the pastor chick that got a BBL and said that, like, basically it's her blessing and it was like a calling for from God for her to get the BBL and that there's nothing wrong with her getting it because it helps her, like, deliver the message and shit. Have you seen any of that? Nah, I and haven't. She got her ass done as a pastor. and offerings and, and special givings to get her no ass. How do you feel about that? Like, if you was to walk in a church and, like, maybe not the lead pastor lady but like what if like deacon's wife had a bbl would you feel any kind of way about the church if the deacon's wife had a bbl uh probably not the deacon's wife but if the pastor's wife got a bbl i'm definitely concerned the like the head pastor the nigga delivering yeah, the word yeah, yeah, and yeah, she's yeah, sitting yeah, up there yeah, and she yeah. can't even sit right because her shit is leaning to the side yeah 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 for sure doesn't matter if it's a good bbl or if it's a diaper butt no nah, it don't matter but if you can just know it makes it like worse than a diaper butt yeah because where's my money going at that point you cannot convince me that you did not use church and like it's i'm saying that you know being a little facetious but like you can't tell me that even if it's the salary that you make from being the pastor at the church my nigga you use church funds to buy your wife some ass but do you think it's unholy at all though because i'll be honest with you i i would cock my head to the side a little bit and be like damn bro you got a bbl for the church but then again like what's the difference between the pastor's wife getting a BBL and the pastor getting some big body Busey veneers in his mouth. Like neither one of them need them. The, the pastor I mean, don't need new teeth. The pastor's I mean, wife don't need a new the, ass. The teeth are more justifiable than the ass. How, how so? Because a lot of people are going to get veneers cause they got fucked up teeth. Like, and, and it's, and it is an aesthetic approach at things, but there are other things that come along with having fucked up teeth versus right, just right. a fucked up smile. Fucked right? up like teeth could really, really fuck up your health. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You could really be fucked up. So I can accept a nigga going to get some veneers over buying your wife some ass. Because what health reason did your wife? Have to <laughs> what functionality? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. functionality. I mean, there is, but not health reasons. What if the pastor kept it all the way funky? Because like I've always been a fan of Rob Parsley and. Uh, mm-hmm. Because Rob Parsley would come right on stage and tell you how much money he got and like God, he worked hard for his blessings and they could come get some if you want some type shit. And I've always appreciated like those big name pastors that just like keep it all the way funky with the money they got. Like you ain't got to fucking count it out for me because I don't care, but I don't like it when they hide the fact that they rich. Like if you rich and you rich off saying the word, then just be rich off saying the word, bro. Like niggas make the conscious decision to pull up in your big ass parking lot and walk a half mile to your church. So the least you can do is keep it funky with me and not pretend like you don't got it. I mean, honest, honestly, that that like angle of people like it's just because of ignorance, for real, for real. People don't understand how pastors make their money, right? So it's like, is is this nigga like a part of profit sharing with the tithes and the offerings, my nigga? Like, if a hundred thousand going to the plate, did this nigga make ten today? Like, what is we talking about? Like, and I think it's just because people don't know, right? Because I might ask you, how do pastors get paid? I thought it was all tithes and offerings, no. 
but like, how do you determine how much a pastor gets paid off of tithes and offerings? Like, yeah, if you, a pastor gets if, all of it. <laughs> like, if you're a small church and you struggle, well, I guess this answers my own question because the big mega churches, this nigga don't got a nine to five. But these other niggas who only got a small church and tithes was only $135 and the water bill $132, nigga, you not living off of $3. Well, let, me so you you let me tell you how I think. Let me tell you how I think. In a mega church with Rob Parsley, right? The collection plate gets passed all the way to the front. The big heavy plate with $10,000, I'm sure it's more than that, but $10,000 makes it up to Rob Parsley's lap, right? Now, mm-hmm. in, in my world, Pat, Rob Parsley is allowed to count the money while the choir is singing, in my world. In my world, what I want to see is the golden dish gets sat in Rob Parsley's lap, and he counts and sorts his bill. He makes all the faces uh of the bills face the same way and he organizes mm-hmm. his money and counts it and licks his thumb and counts it out and organizes it, folds it over and puts it in his, in his back pocket. Right. Mm-hmm. After church, he looks at his bills, determines what needs to be paid. He takes out his wallet of money and he pays the bills and then he pockets the rest or puts it into his bank account. If a member of the church is struggling, like uh sister Pearl needs help with her fucking groceries, then maybe he opens his wallet if Sister Pearl's been coming to church. If she ain't been coming to church, maybe he sits back on his wallet. Now, in a smaller church, I think, in my world, the the golden dish comes to the front and there's $1,000 in it. And the pastor has to make a decision. I probably should pay my drummer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I probably should pay my choir director a little bit. So... I'm going to take 500 and I'm going to distribute the other 500 to, you know, the choir director, the drummer, uh, mm-hmm. the ushers and shit like that. Not saying Rob Parsley shouldn't have to pay those people as well, but it should be budgeted in. By the time he gets to Rob Parsley, like maybe they already took the 20% off the top that he needs for overhead and don't even hand Rob Parsley the money until it's already his share. Like there should be an accountant in place to make sure the money needs goes where it needs to go. I don't I just think that it's dumb to pretend like money and church don't need to go hand in hand. Cause they absolutely the church exists in the real world. So for niggas to act like church and, and money shouldn't have a relationship is dumb to me. It always has been. I mean t- tis true, but again I think there there's no there's no blueprint. There's no format, right? Again, like when it comes to church and money, people really don't know how the shit gets dispersed or distributed, nah, right? Because like you said, don't. your theory is thousand dollars come up here. Like I need to pay the musician. I need to pay maybe a couple other niggas. We need the bills paid around here. So like, but again, it's all speculation. Like nobody ever fucking knows. But like, I ain't gonna cap. When you was telling your story just now, I made church sound like a side show. Like, hey, fam, we got four weeks to get the rent money. Everything else, right to the pocket. Like. <laughs> But I mean, niggas got to get paid though. Like, okay, you can't tell me that there's not a 11 year old boy somewhere, right? Sitting at in a pew with his aunt and uncle because they're the ones that take him to church. His parents ain't around. And he's sitting on the pew and he's looking at the pastor kill it on Sunday. And he's thinking to himself, I want to be that. You can't tell me that they don't think for a second for at any point, like how is this going to be a sustainable way of life for me? If I want to like be out on my own, like, I don't think every pastor has to just believe God's going to take care of it. Like, dog, I need to take care of it. God is trusting that I'm going to figure out how to take care of it because money is real. I don't give a fuck how much you love God. Like, the power company don't want to hear that shit. And the power company that supplies the church don't want to hear that shit. Like, has anybody ever come to shut off the church, the church's power, and then motherfuckers, like, play pray the van away? No, bro. Like, the van, if the van pull up, they're cutting your electric, nigga. So, it's if the if the heat is turned off, who you think they're gonna look at? 
they're going to look at the pastor. Right, right. So it can't be on him. Like, you can't look at him and discuss because he wants to collect the money, but you also want the hot water to work in the bathroom when you're in there. I mean, you know, I, I think it's all about, you know, what is be- because again, how many churches do you hear? About- and again, you're not really supposed to hear about it, but how many churches do you actually give the credit for like really looking out for the members in need? Or how do you even tell mm-hmm. the like again? That's to me, that's the you got to devolve so much of your business to the people yeah. in there, and then they got to take it to their group of people who messy as hell, but everybody messy behind closed doors with their group. Well, of you know, you know, know Sister saying? Sandra can't pay her lights again, so we're going to pick another plate. I gave Sister Sandra 25 grand and she then came back in the church with a BBL. This has been the Dipped in Butter program. We appreciate y'all sticking in there with us because we don't know nothing. I have been, uh, have not been to church in at least 10 years. So don't listen to me. Me being Cat K uh, with two T's. And uh, yeah, man, uh, thank you all for, I don't know, hanging in there, I guess. It's been a rough week. <laughs> Yeah, my man don't even know where he at today. Um, it's your boy, West No T, and all the other shit that you know me for. Um, just make sure you fuck with me, though. Yes, sir. Like I say, each and every week, the universe is way too big for your little ass problems, and this seating arrangement is way too big for you to be touching knees with me, dog. You know I don't even fuck with you. That's crazy. Uh, y'all already know rule number one is to uh, tell a friend to tell a friend not only about the podcast but that um, whatever your great auntie told you that her mom and granddad used to do um, it's just cause y'all come from a long line of liars and none of that shit is true <laughs> um, rule number two mind your motherfucking business yes sir we'll catch y'all next week this nigga called your aunt you have officially been dipped